You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Corner. And Memphis really struggling from three. Couple of huge opportunities from deep. Alabama's got two downhill playmakers now. Here he goes. Quinterly dumps it off. Miles at the finish. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawks are with you on a Wednesday. Coming up 20 minutes from now, we'll get more into Week 15 in the NFL. Line moving across the league, but right now, let's talk some college hoops. Mike Rutherford joining us. He's the manager of Card Chronicle. I come the host of the Mike Rutherford Show on WXVW, the big X, and he's on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com. To learn more, we, Mike, we appreciate you hopping on and, and joining us, talking some early season college basketball. Uh, look, an unfortunate story, one we wish wasn't real, but it is. Chris Beard is out in Texas after being arrested the other night. W- what is your thought on the impact that could have on the team? Uh, how important he was, X's and O's, on the sideline? Because it's a team people like, right? It's a, a team that's one of the better ones in college basketball. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have some futures on them. How much do you think this will impact this Texas team? It has to have some sort of impact. I think you saw firsthand Monday night that it's going to have some impact. They really squeaked by an average Rice team in overtime. I mean, I say average. I think I'm being a little bit nice. Uh, They looked a little bit lost without Chris Beard on the sidelines. Who knows if it was more about not having Beard or it was seeing all the headlines and having to deal with all that stuff. But a team that has looked so cohesive so far this season looked really discombobulated. And that's the thing about Texas that you can say I think this season – that you couldn't say last year, Beard's first season, the pieces have all fit together really well on this roster. Last year, you had a bunch of good guards that didn't seem to really like playing with one another. Uh, You had a a dust-up in the middle of one game uh, between Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones. This year, they bring in Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State, who was the Big 12 freshman of the year. He allows Marcus Carr to play more off the ball. He's doing more, I think, things that come naturally to him. He doesn't have to force everything. And it was a really fun team to watch. I think a lot of people saw them just absolutely destroy Gonzaga back in in November. And that was the first really eye-opening moment for that team. They lost in overtime Mm -hmm. to a good Illinois team. They've got a good win over Creighton. The pieces, this is a Texas team. The analytics love them. Timmy Allen's a fantastic player as well. I think a lot of people were very high on them for a good reason. And now I don't know what to think about them. Was the Rice game just a little bit of a one-off? How will they bounce back this weekend against a pretty good Stanford team? I guess we'll have to find out. But I think you should just assume in any case where you lose a head coach who's as important to his team and their, their, their scheme as Chris Beard is to Texas, that it's going to have a, a long-lasting effect. 
Yeah, I mean, that that's a guy, the first thing you say when you bring up Texas, you bring up Chris Beard and the change that he's brought there and uh, and certainly a scheme. What you brought up, the, the change that they've had on the roster this season, and I, I thought it was pretty interesting when you look at the associate head coach that they, they bumped up, that he didn't bring a lot of guys with him from Texas Tech. You know, I, I think there's one guy on the staff, so... I, I was curious about that. Maybe I'm digging too much into it. This has got to be a lot for very young kids to, to handle here. But I, I've, I've eliminated them from the – the odds have not. But personally, I've eliminated them from the championship conversation. Are you willing to go that far? If – I mean, I, I guess we're all assuming at this point that we're not going to see Chris Beard again this season, yeah. which is you – know, stranger things have happened. Who knows? Maybe details come out. Maybe Texas just – you know, they make whatever decision they need to make. Um, if he doesn't come back, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. I feel like they're no longer a national championship contender. We've seen some instances where you lose a head coach and a really talented team just kind of falls apart. We've seen some where they hold mm-hmm. on just a little bit. But history kind of tells us, you know – I think back to you know, being here locally in Louisville when Louisville had a top 15 team and had to get rid of Rick Pitino right before the start of the season. There were some fans here locally that were like, this is still a Final Four team. And I'm like, you guys are just kind of – you can't say that when you lose a Hall of Fame coach right before the start of a year that we can just have a new assistant come in and you know, be, be a plug-in and the team's not going to lose anything. These guys are highly paid for a reason. The best coaches in college basketball are the best coaches for a reason when you take away a guy like Chris Beard, again, like you said, who as like, he's the face of that program, wherever he goes, that no middle defense is what made Texas tech a contender. It is what I think he's trying to instill in Texas. When you take him out of the equation, it's going to have a gigantic effect. So no, I I don't think you're, you're going too far by saying if he does not come back this season, I can't imagine Texas winning a national title. Yeah. Wow. Crazy what's happening there um, for the Longhorns. Let's look at some of tonight's games. Um, I'm really excited for UCLA at Maryland. UCLA, 8th and Ken Palm, Maryland, 18th. Um, And then for UCLA, they've won five straight while Maryland got off to a really hot start. And now they've had back-to-back losses. So they're looking to turn things around. Tonight, Maryland, one-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, What do you like in this matchup? I think it's a really interesting matchup because you've got a Maryland team that now everybody is sort of saying, was it fool's gold at the start? Was this just, you know, you bring in a new coach in Kevin Willard. Uh, were the, the players just responding more to him and, and overachieving a little? Who have they really beaten? Miami, you know, the decent metrics coming into the season have been just kind of a, a whatever team. They do have a good victory over an Illinois team that has overachieved. And, and really, the two losses that we're talking about back-to-back are not, horrendous losses by any stretch of the imagination at Wisconsin. I think we're, we're learning every time that you think Wisconsin's going to finish at the bottom of the big 10 standings, they're going to surprise they're, they're going to be like, at some point we're all going to learn. Like they're just, they're never going to be terrible. This is who Wisconsin is. This is what Greg guard does. And so to play there and lose is not a, a terrible loss. And then Tennessee is obviously one of the best teams in the country. I, I feel, I feel like we almost know more about this Maryland team than we do about UCLA at this point. UCLA lost to that same Illinois team that, we're, that, that I just mentioned. Uh, they've got a loss to a Baylor team. They don't really have a win to write home about just yet, but the talent is still there. We know how good they are because we have so many familiar faces there, namely Jaime Jaquez and, and Tiger Campbell. I'd like to see UCLA kind of make good on some of the, these preseason expectations that we had for them. I certainly was a big UCLA believer. If they go into a renewed um, 
tough home environment for Maryland and come away with a victory. I think that's a gigantic win to hang your hat on. I think this is also one of the best front courts that they're going to see all season. Maryland is very big inside. They play that tough, rugged, we're going to try to punk you, Kevin Willard style. And UCLA has kind of struggled with that at times in recent years. So it, it would be nice to see UCLA take a punch in the mouth tonight, punch right back, and come away with a big-time road victory. Mike, is UConn as good as it looks right now? They're 11-0. They're number one in Kempom, only team in the country, top 10 in offense and defense. They are now up to third at BetMGM in terms of title odds, only behind Houston and Texas. I mean, I, I actually, they're tied with you, Texas, so it's, they're tied for second. Um, I think a fair case we made they're the best team in college basketball right now. Do you agree with that assessment? How good do you think this UConn team is? I think they're the best team in college basketball right now. I think you just said it. I know uh-huh. Purdue certainly has a case. Uh, Zach E's been the best player in the country so far this season. But UConn, when you watch them, I hate to, to use just hollow cliches like the eye test and stuff, but they're they're destroying teams. They look like a team that you can visualize cutting down the nets on the first Monday in April just by the way that they play. The win over Alabama that they have now is is aging like a fine wine as Bama you know knocks off Houston and looks like a really good, really young but really good team, and they beat them by fifteen. You know they're they're playing. You know, they haven't played a, a murderer's row, but they're playing good teams and they're destroying them. They beat a, you know, an, a, a good, not great Florida team by 20. Uh, they beat Oklahoma State handily in a game where they, they struggled a little bit. Uh, Adama Sonogo, I mentioned Zach E's probably the front runner for National Player of the Year. Sonogo should be in that conversation. He has been an absolute beast. And, you know, Dan Hurley, he, this is kind of what he's been building. You could see the slow progression over the last couple of years. They were a good team last year that you felt was maybe just a one, uh, one or two pieces away from being legit Final Four good, legit you know Elite Eight good. And right now, there's no box that they don't check. They certainly look like the best team in the country. And it's a great time. I'm so glad that we have UConn back in the Big East because this would be a, uh, a team that playing the way that they are right now in the non-conference, you would feel excited about. And then they would kind of disappear a little bit in the American Athletic Conference, and you would have all these questions about going into the NCAA tournament. But now they'll be challenged in the Big East. You've got – it's maybe not the strongest that that conference has been in recent years, but you've got Creighton, who I know has been a little bit of a disappointment, but they still – I believe in them long-term. Um, Nova will bounce back at some point. Um, I, I think Xavier is a good team that's just kind of waiting. Marquette's better than we think. So while they may not be dealing with the best Big East in the last four or five years, we're still going to see them tested more from January to March than they would have been had they stayed in the AAC. So I'm excited about UConn. They're fun to watch. Danny Hurley always is going to do something that's going to leave you talking after the game. Um, they're an absolute mm-hmm. blast, and I'm with you. I, I think as of right now, they're the best team in college basketball. It's amazing. Some of these teams that we're talking about, uh, they opened the year at 66-1 to 1 to win the title, like UConn, like Purdue, and now they're in the conversation uh, to be best in the nation. Is there a team or two that we're not talking about because we're focused on these squads that you think is flying under the radar and, and you're waiting for them to take off and we're going to see it in conference play? How about, I mean, this is a, it seems like a generic answer, but this team is not being talked about that much. How about the reigning national champs? How about Kansas? I feel like they're doing that thing that Bill Self loves where they're not the focal point. They're, he loves being just right there at like the bottom of tier one or the top of tier two, like even last mm-hmm. year, you, you know, they were a number one seed. They were obviously a legitimate national title contender, but they weren't talked about in, in the way that the other number one seeds were talked about. They weren't really ever 
anybody's overwhelming national title favorite. The only year where that's been the case has been the COVID season where the tournament got canceled. They're just kind of, you know, hanging out right there. They don't have a bad loss. Tennessee beat them fairly handily, but that's not a – again, Tennessee's a, a very good team. They beat that same Wisconsin team that we're talking about. They beat Duke early in the season. They don't – I mean, Jalen Wilson is having a fantastic season, and he's not really getting talked about as much as some of these big guys out there. Kevin McCullers back as well. Like, they've – like, they're not as good as they were a year ago, but are they good enough to improve steadily over the next three months and then win six straight games over three weeks in March? Absolutely. And I think at this point you have to trust Bill Self a little bit. They also had, you know – a little bit of weird off news with him getting the suspension uh, the b- before the start of the season. Maybe that played a part in them looking a, a little bit sluggish in their first couple of games. But they look, I mean, when I've seen them, uh, you know, they just blasted Seton Hall the other night. They blasted Missouri uh, in the return of that rivalry. Like, they look pretty freaking good. Uh, you know, they, 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 I'm surprised that they're not getting a little bit more attention right now. I know it's not a sexy under-the-radar pick, but they are – I think fully capable of being the best team in college basketball once again when the season ends in early April. What about on the flip side? <clears throat> Excuse me. Is there a team that you're looking to fade or one that's getting too much hype and you're just like not a believer? I hate to I, – I like Nate Oates a lot. I, I like this Alabama team a lot. They've got who mm-hmm. – the, the guy who's probably been the best freshman in, in the country and Brandon Miller – but we've kind of seen this before with Alabama in recent years, haven't we? Where they, they get off to this crazy hot start. They beat a highly ranked team that we think they shouldn't beat. They start getting all this national attention. And then that style of play, I know this is just, it's really basic college basketball talk, but that style of play, it can beat anybody in the NCAA tournament. It can get them beat by anybody in the NCAA tournament. They're still, they're not quite as reliant on the outside shot as they have been in some years past, but they're super young. They played three freshmen, were instrumental in that comeback victory over Houston the other night. Um, Miller's been terrific. Can he keep that up? Javon Quinterly is playing the most consistent basketball of his, you know, 17-year college basketball career. But can he, can he keep that up? You know, we've seen him be extremely hot and cold throughout his, his career. There just seemed like a, a lot of unreliable pieces to this roster, and that style is it really conducive to being a, a Final Four team if you get the wrong draw or you have one bad night? They get another big-time test this weekend against Gonzaga. This Saturday is just is absolutely loaded. That's going to be one of the biggest games. And then that's really their last kind of test before they get into SEC play. But they're one team that I circle and that a lot of people are going to like. A lot of people are going to hype them up. And I've been fooled by Nate Oates and company before. I'm trying not to get fooled again. I like Nate Oates, <laughs> but I just the style – and the pieces make me a little bit nervous about them long-term. You mentioned Saturday. We have to ask you, I mean, that Houston-Virginia game. If you like defense, you want that game on your television Saturday. Virginia undefeated the one loss for Houston so far. What do you think about that game and the way those two, you know, those two styles go at each other with the two defensive teams? Yeah, the, you know, the, the high-scoring, high-flying Virginia Cavaliers that people were talking about at the beginning of the season have kind of, you know, regressed to the norm when it comes to their style of play, which I think we all expected. You know, they've not looked overly in the last couple of times out. They, you know, they barely beat a bad Florida State team. They were life and death to beat James Madison, who, to be fair, is not a, a bad team by any stretch. They almost beat North Carolina earlier in the season. But Virginia has just 
they haven't looked great recently um, when they're not shooting the ball well from the outside. And, and they are a team, I, I make jokes about them being more reliant on their offense this season. They do need to shoot it well if they're going to, to reach their potential. And Reese Beekman has cooled off a little bit. Kia Clark, another guy who's been in college basketball for 17 years, has been a little bit up and down again this season. But I, I like them long-term. I like Houston a lot more. I still, th- I know, I know, I'm talking about a team that just beat the team that I said is kind of a, on fraud alert in Alabama. But I, I think Kelvin Sampson, sort of juxtaposing him with Nados, has earned the benefit of the doubt. All they do is win. All they do is have success in the NCAA tournament. They've got another guy who you know, might be the best player in the country uh, when we're t- looking back at this in March in, in Marcus Sasser. Uh, I, I really, really like Houston despite the Bama loss. I think they've earned the right to, to have everybody's respect. I'll be surprised. I, I know it's a tough environment going down there to John Paul Jones. And I know Houston is, is a little bit walking wounded right now. I'll be surprised if they don't win that game. Uh, I, I still, I like Virginia. I think they can wind up being the best team in the ACC, but I, I think I like Houston more. I think they are still very much a legitimate national title contender. Great stuff, Mike. We really appreciate hopping on. Mike Ruther for the manager of CardChronicle.com, the host of the Mike Rutherford Show on WXVW on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guests on the Phoenix a Revolutionary Technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Coming up next, we look around the NFL line movement for Week 15 right here on the Vecuol Network.